The following program is a proud member of the Palaver family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palaver.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 43, and tonight we're taking a look at the dark side of American culture when I watch Kevin Smith's Red State. And when you pair that with my second movie, Undocumented, and what's going on at the Mexican border, the Statue of Liberty would just shit her gown. Also, the crapshoot is back, and this week it's setting its sights on a little movie called Kill Katie Malone, the ghost of a nice Irish maid with a box that you don't want to mess with. Ew. And finally, I'm going to take a quick look at the new Pedro Almodovar film, The Skin I Live In. That's a whole lot of show to get to, kids, so why am I still talking? I'm not. I'm playing a promo. Psych. Can you solve the Ryan case? The Dead of Night, 1873. A scream, a cry of murder. Two innocent people slain, and a killer never found. But that's where you come in. The Ryan Case, 1873, is an interactive murder mystery where you are the detective. Time Out New York calls it CSI in the 1870s. For more information or to order tickets, visit www.liveintheatre.com or call 212-780-4787. Hey there, everybody. It's great to be back with you again here on the Scream Queens Horror Podcast. Oh, what has been going on? Listen, this show is running a little extra long this week, so I want to keep this section a little tighter than usual. But I do want to at least let you know some of the things that are going on. As you might have guessed from the promo I just played, I'm back at the Ryan case again. And it's good to be home out there being creepy on the streets of the Lower East Side. If you haven't seen it yet, you have until November 17th to do so. So... Get on that, bitch. So I've been trying to put together this video of our trip to the wedding uh, in Notre Dame from a couple of weeks ago, but I keep hitting problems, technical problems like this sound won't sync up, and I have to sit down with Mr. Brad, and he's going to help me through it. But it's it's coming someday. Uh, but I did want to say how great it was to meet Tom and Kristen along the way. We stopped uh, on the way home, and we all met up at Panera, Panera Bread for lunch, and that was awesome. And what made it extra awesome is that Tom had a gift for me. Yeah, Tom's a sculptor, it turns out, and he made me this awesome gargoyle. I love gargoyles. As some of you may know, I really love them. Some of you really, really know. If you've been listening to me for a really long time before this podcast. But what makes this gargoyle extra awesome, it's wearing a tiara. So, Tom, for taking the time to make this awesome, awesome tiara-wearing motherfucking gargoyle, you... Are the scream queen of the week. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. The gargoyle has a tiara. You don't. I do. He does. You don't. Sorry. I also wanted to say congratulations to my friend Martin from college who got married to his boyfriend last weekend. I wasn't able to go because I was doing the Ryan case, but uh, congratulations nonetheless. I'm sure you were so very, very Mavis. 
Most of you have no idea what that means, and you never will. Deal with it. Moving along. Oh, so Bradford and I went to the theater a couple of nights ago. We went to see this show called Traces. And uh, it turns out it wasn't a play. It was a show put on by uh, circus performers from um, Canada. Uh, French-Canadian circus performers, because that's apparently where all circus performers come from. And um, they do all these circus acrobatic routines. However, the difference of it is they brought it to a really personal level. You got to know them a little bit, and you're right up close. It was very – it wasn't in, a, in an arena. It was in a theater, so you were right on top of them. So it was, you, there was one point there was somebody was doing backflips, and I felt the air going whoosh in front of me, and that was very exhilarating. But the show was amazing. It has incredible music, and I urge all of you because it's on tour. If it comes to your town, check out Traces. Tell them I sent you. They won't know what you're talking about. And what was really fun about it is that there was this one acrobat whose name was Philippe who was just so cute. And I was crushing on him like Marsha Brady at a Davy Jones concert the whole time. I'm like, oh, he's on the trampoline. I hope he doesn't get hurt. And Mr. Bride's like, would you just control yourself? He wasn't the cute one. I thought he was the cute one, bro. Anyway, but the real story happens after the show. See, we're on the subway home. And, you know, it's kind of a long subway home, uh, subway ride home to where we are. And I realized I should have peed before I left the theater. So when we got in the Times Square area, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hop off here, hop up to McDonald's, and use the facilities. And Brad was like, all right, I'm going to wait for you right down here in the subway, so you just come on back here when you're done. I'm like, why are you talking like that, bumpkin? Anyway, so I go up to use the facilities at the McDonald's, conveniently located right at the top of the subway stairs. And in the vestibule of this back entrance, there was, um, well, one of... One of Santa's elves was waiting there for me. Santa's crack-smoking, crazy-ass meth crack elf. I don't know how to describe him. But I did, on the way in, I, all I noticed was the jingle bell hat and the stench. Which, you know, it's a vestibule. It was a confined space. It was like... Pow! So I got up to the restroom. I did my thing. And I'm like trying to do a full body wash because I could feel the aroma clinging to me. However, I still had to use the back entrance to get to the subway where Bradford was waiting for me. So I'm like, well, I'll just move through really quick and it'll be fine. However, I get to the front door and now he won't let me out. He's blocking the door out and he's like, listen to me, man. I don't have any gay panties. Do you have some gay panties for me? Come on, let me see your gay panties. I want to see your little gay panties. Now, I'm sorry that this man did not have any gay panties, but he cannot have my gay panties. <laughs> And it's really, it's really kind of a redundant thing to say anyway because asking me if I have gay panties because whatever panties I'm wearing are gay panties. But nonetheless, he followed me all the way to the subway. And I'm like, ah, walking quickly. And Bradford's waiting at the bottom of the stairs playing his damn spider solitaire. And I'm like, move, Bradford. We're getting on the subway. He's like, hold on. I got to finish this hand. I'm like, move, Bradford. The gay panty elf is coming. Yeah, that's what he said. Anyway, it was it was terrifying, but we all survived. Okay. I didn't know how to burn my clothes. You know what? This is enough chitter chatter. Like I said, we got tons and tons of things to talk about, so let's just get down to business and let's play a little music to start the show. Fodio Dome. Oh no. Shut up. Hello, honey, what you doing tonight? I haven't seen you around here. You must be new. Hello, honey, what you doing tonight? Because whatever it is, I'd like to do. Whoa, 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 you got a nice 
So I did want to take a minute to talk about the new Pedro Almodovar film called The Skin I Live In. I wish I could give this a full review, but I can't. Why, Patrick? Why can't you? We want to hear about it. Well, calm down. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why because this movie is so filled with surprises and twists and turns that really to give you anything more than the basic plot would be a crime. Um... Now, if you're not familiar with Pedro Almodovar, he's a Spanish director, and he's done uh, really wonderful stuff, really some bizarre but beautiful things, like uh, All About My Mother and uh, my personal favorite, Bad Education, and um, Volver, which got uh, nominated for some Oscars a couple years ago. But this is a return to his more early stuff, his darker stuff. And the reason I'm talking about it here is because there's stuff in here that borderlines on true horror. Never really quite... Quite quaffed, quite quaffed quite the line, but still very, very disturbing stuff and a wonderful picture of insanity and obsession and things like that. It stars Antonio Banderas, and he plays this this gifted surgeon. He's developed this new artificial skin uh, to aid victims of severe burns. And I'm thinking, is he dark man? Is Antonio Banderas going to be dark man in this film? Nope, 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 nope. Anyway, he's this renowned surgeon. He works with burn victims. He makes artificial skin. Everybody loves him. He's a genius. He's done some controversial gene splicing therapy, mixing human DNA with uh, animal DNA. And when he goes home, you discover that he's got a woman imprisoned, it seems, in his house. And when you first see her, you think she's nude, but then you realize, no, she's not nude. She's wearing this head-to-toe body stocking, well, neck-to-toe nude body stocking. And she's definitely a prisoner, uh, but seemingly a willing prisoner. Willingly locked in this room, and they bring her food, and they treat her well, but she can't leave. And you're thinking, who the hell is this woman? How does she figure into all of this? What does this have to do with burn victims and artificial skin? Well, unfortunately, I cannot tell you anymore because this is an excellent film. Even though when I saw it at the sex screening, the hotel next door was going under reconstruction, so the entire movie, you heard this the whole time, hammering, hammering, hammering. It was like a thousand angry elves at Santa's workshops, hammering nonstop the whole time, literally, for the entire two hours. There was never a moment's cease from the endless hammering. So fuck them. Which is unfortunate because the score in this was beautiful and tense and everything. I highly recommend this film. Uh, it's not, like I said, it's not a horror movie, but uh, if you're adventurous, I think you'll like it. Because like so much of his stuff, it's beautiful, and it's twisted, and it's erotic, and it's disturbing. All mixed up, and a lot of that's happening all at the same time. Now, for those of you who are squeamish with subtitles, you're going to have to suck it up, because this one's subtitled. Oh well. However, if you don't feel like reading, you can at least look at this naked actress whose name, unfortunately, I don't have in front of me, this woman prisoner. Uh, when she's not wearing the body stocking, she's nude. A lot. And while it's not sexy, it's, it's, ero- it's erotic no matter what she's wearing, to be perfectly honest. And this is a huge gay man telling you. Well, I'm not huge. Well, I am huge. Shut up! God, you're confusing me. If you can get over your fear of subtitles, I think you'll enjoy yourself. My favorite thing about this film was the, the older, you know, very classic New York old woman who sat next to me, who at the film's conclusion, she said, Oh my God, this was the weirdest thing I have ever seen. Well, I don't know about that, but it is pretty weird. It's a very weird, sexy, freaky revenge thriller. The skin I live in. Huge. (laughs) Dos thumbs up from this queen. That's all my Spanish. Thank you. Bye. Hold on to your pampers, bitch asses. 
It's time for the crapshoot! <laughs> Paul? 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 So, as many of you already know, the crapshoot is when I dive headfirst into the vast sea of direct-to-DVD horror movie releases in search of that precious diamond, that diamond in the shit pile. Well, this week's selection is a little movie called Kill Katie Malone, which is very dramatic, and um, well, let's take a listen to the trailer, okay? Okay, see you in a minute. Bye! There are some things you should never buy over the internet. Hey, check it out. Someone's selling a ghost. Once you own her, she must do your bidding. I'm gonna do it. What would you wish for? Requests? Yeah, I want my 40 bucks back. All right, make a wish. All right, one red rose. You're the only one who didn't get a visit from Casper the Friendly Ghost. That's because I didn't ask for anything. What are you doing? Move your arm! Move your arm! Move your arm. We gotta get rid of that box, Jim! Check this out. It's an 18th century Celtic dialect. It says, a family or death. She's going to kill your friends, and then she's going to kill you. Megan? No, 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 don't! Hi, welcome back, everybody. Now, I'm going to show my age here because um, back in the 70s, there was a short-lived TV series. I don't even think it lasted a whole season called Cliffhanger. Now, it has nothing to do with Sylvester Stallone or, you know, mountain climbing or anything like that. No, 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 no. They tried to bring back, like, movie serials, but in TV form. And every – well, I think he got two an episode – but whatever. There were several different storylines that they covered on Cliffhanger. There was one about Dracula. There was one about, I forget, something something with Western mixed with dinosaurs or something like that. And there was a third one called Stop Susan Williams. Now, whenever I hear the title Kill Katie Malone, I hear in my head, Stop Susan Williams, which starts Susan Anton, and you know, she's blonde and gorgeous, and I don't know, there was a... I don't know, she suspected her brother being murdered, and all these people were trying to kill her. They were trying to stop Susan Williams. And what was really disappointing about the series Cliffhanger, because I enjoyed it as a kid because of Dracula, and now as a gay adult, I enjoy it because of Stop Susan Williams, because that just was hilarious in retrospect. And, you know, thanks to YouTube, I can see these things if I really want to, and God, they look awful. Now, the disappointment with Cliffhanger was that it didn't end. Whatever happened, the last episode got preempted for some, I don't know, let's just say presidential speech or some shit. And so I never found out how any of these fucking things ended. That's why I grew up fucked up. Yeah, that's why. Now, you're probably sitting there wondering to yourself right now, Patrick, you're not talking about Kill Katie Malone. Yeah, I'm not. How about that? Because I don't even know what to say about this. This is not a good movie. It leans more towards the awful. That's not the problem I have with it. Not that it's good. Not that it's awful. But that it's just 
a huge disappointment. There was a lot of things that could have been done with this setup and with even with this cast for, for in some respects, but it just introduces some great ideas and then goes, and then says, hey, did you catch that? We just set up a scene and then went, hold on, we're going to do it again in about five minutes. Here we go. Kill Katie, Kill Katie Malone is about uh, three college students, and one of them, the lead dude, he sees an ad on UBID, not eBay, UBID, that somebody's selling a ghost. Now, this is a very similar setup to the book, um, uh, I almost said Jonah Hill's book, but I know that's not right. Heart-shaped box is what I'm talking about, but like, Joe Hill, Jonah Hill. <laughs> I'd like to see Jonah Hill's heart-shaped box. Really, no, I wouldn't. I take that back. Anywho, somebody's selling a ghost. And it comes in a box with a letter of authenticity. And this guy's heck, hey, this sounds like a great idea. She'll grant wishes. And it's only like $5. So the, and the other two are like, whatever. You're an idiot. It's a waste of money. And he's like, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. And just before he buys it, it goes up, the price, you know, to $40. And he's like, oh, man, I don't have $40. Hey, you two, give me money. They're like, we're not going to give you money. We don't want this thing. He's like, give me money. So they give him $40. So he can buy his ghost. And lo and behold, it's all true. Now the thing is, I said, Katie comes in a box. The ghost of this Irish servant girl comes in a box with a letter of authenticity. You know, like one of those 9-11 commemorative plates or something. But the thing is, Katie doesn't like her box touched. Don't you dare touch Katie's box. Well, she doesn't mind if you touch it. You, know, you can touch a little bit. You can look at it as much as you like, but don't open her box. Because once her box is open, all hell breaks loose. Isn't that just like life, guys? I don't know. I'm asking you. Anyway, they test it out. You know, the, like you heard in the trailer, the girl wishes for a red rose. The guy wishes for his $40 back. And boom, boom, they get both of them back by the time they get to their dorm room. They're like, hmm, that's curious. By the way, the box has been opened. And nobody seemed to notice that when the box went open, like all the lights went, and the wind went, and nobody found that odd. Well, you know, I guess rolling blackouts and rolling farts. Keep those farts rolling, rolling, rolling. No, please don't. I take that back. Anyway, as time progresses, Katie gets more and more aggressive, and she seems to be getting, it turns into Wishmaster for a while here. Somebody will wish for something and then get it, but not in the way that they wanted. For instance, one of the sidekick college students, he's played by a guy who used to be on That's So Raven. I think his name is Little J. He used to be on That's So Raven. So he's awesome. Actually, he's a pretty good actor, but he wishes that he's going to pass the test. You know, he's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to pass this test. I, I'll do anything to pass this test. And then lo and behold, the next day he passes this test. But the trick is, the answers are exactly the same as the student next to him. You know, even the spelling errors and stuff like that. It was an essay test. So the professor cracks down on him and said, you plagiarized this. We're going to have you expelled as soon as I get to the principal's office, the principal, the dean's office. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I wish she won't tell anybody. And lo and behold, she gets a visit from Katie and has her tongue ripped out. Or as the authorities think, she bites off her own tongue. Okay. Similar thing happens with the girl, sidekick, who used to be George Lopez's daughter on the George Lopez show. But she's got a roommate that keeps stealing her clothes and then spilling shit on them. And so she's like, oh my gosh, I just wish my roommate would keep her hands off my things. And lo and behold, bing, bang, boom, Katie cuts her arm off in the middle of art class with one of those shing shing, you know, things. The cutter shing shing things. 
If you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I can't be any more. The paper cutter, if you want to be plebeian about it. Be adventurous and call it a zhing thing because it's, it's more descriptive. And up until this point, it's okay. Okay, it's a Wishmaster ripoff, but I'm starting to notice there's no gore. Really, anything. You see people getting bounced around, you know, pretending to get bounced around, and then you don't really see anything happen. I'm like, oh, okay. Both of those ideas are gruesome enough that I didn't need to see it, having your tongue ripped out and your arm cut off. Okay, that's fine. However, as the film progresses, I start to get that feeling that I've been duped, that I just got duped into renting something that was made for television. Because this is what it felt like. I'm like, all these people are TV stars, including the guy who plays the lead role. Now, his name is Stephen Coletti, and he used to be a regular on One Tree Hill, so says IMDb. So you think he must be an okay actor. Well, if he's an okay actor, he was totally out to lunch on this one, because he's terrible. All of his lines are delivered like this. You know, absolutely no inflection, no matter what's going on. I don't know about this energy level, even when the action is just really getting intense, or as intense as this movie gets, it really relies against his level. Fuck you, Stephen Coletti. Now here comes the other problem with this movie. I was not expecting Kill Katie Malone to be a This One Bitch movie. Now, I explained that a couple of weeks ago when I saw Shark Knight. Shark Knight was a This One Bitch movie. Now, This One Bitch movie, those of you who've been listening for a while, know that an example I use of that is, um, is I still know what you did last summer. Everybody there dies because of Jennifer Love Hewitt. This one bitch who did something wrong, and all these other people who have nothing to do with anything, totally innocent, get killed because of it. Now, in this case, this one bitch, this one guy bitch, this one man bitch, even though he bought the fucking thing, and he sees shit happening, someone keeps breaking into, an invisible person keeps breaking into his room at night and leaving cryptic messages in Celtic and destroying everything, and all these, all of his people that, you know, his enemies are getting killed or disappearing, he's like, well, it's just coincidence. You know, it's a fraternity stunt. His other two friends are like, listen, we got to do something. We got to give it back. We got to find out. He's like, nah, I don't feel like it. Oh, my girlfriend disappeared? Died horribly? Well, that's terrible. Can't have anything to do with that box or all these other weird things that going on. Oh, it's probably just, you know, it's hell week. You know, it's fraternity. So everybody dies because of this one man bitch. And they die off camera. And after a while, the mythology just seems to mutate. Okay, as you heard in the trailer, she leaves a cryptic message that says, you know, family or death, which basically means she's obsessed with whoever opens the box and that they become their family. So the three of them, the three college students, are now her family. And she's going to do anything to protect them. So all these other people that are pissing them off or hurting them in some way are dying. And eventually, when the three main characters piss her off and say, you know, Katie, you can go now. We don't watch anymore. She gets really pissed and tries to kill them all. And it's all off screen and it stops making sense because now in one of the scenes that was almost a good scene, this bully who was a horrible actor is driving down the road and there's a little girl in ye oldie timey clothes standing in the middle of the road. And he's like, little girl, you lost. Can I need, you need to ride somewhere? And she's like, don't come near me or I'll scream. No, come on, get in the car. Don't come near me or I'll scream. Oh, come on, little girl. Don't come around. I told you I'm going to scream. And she screams and... Well, bad CGI happens, but this was a decent buildup. However, I'm going, who the fuck is that? It turns out in the mythos, like, Katie was killed by one of her servants, by one of her own, uh, you know, masters. But this little girl was nice to her and gave her this box. And somehow, 
She told she told Katie that all the spirits of all her ancestors live in this box. So I guess this little girl is living in the box too. Except it's the same little girl who did not die with Katie yet is the same age with Katie. You know who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? This was a bad, bad movie. It was bad. Disappointing and bad. Kill Katie Malone? Fuck Katie Malone. That's what I gotta say. Oh, by the way, Dean Kane is in this for like five seconds. He's the one who put the box up. For, for sale in the first place. And then, then okay, his daughter was the one who was trying to buy the, the box back. Why? Because she's a creepy goth chick, and that's what creepy goth chicks do. Not really. Uh, no offense to you creepy goth chicks out there, but you know what I'm saying. That's what movie creepy goth chicks do. But then, the only way to break the curse is to sell Katie on to somebody else, a la The Ring. And so, you know, there's this big showdown going at the gym at this dance, which should have been awesome, but it wasn't. And, you know, they're trying to get the sale completed, but the internet's going too slow, and oh no, they're going to die, and my, oh, I'm like, oh, I lost my internet. And then at the last moment, the sale goes through, and all of a sudden, the goth chick's like, oh no. What? What's wrong? My credit card got declined. They were selling the ghost back to her for one dollar. Your card got declined for one dollar? Fuck you! Fuck all of you! Fuck you, this one man, bitch! Fuck everybody! But most of all, fuck Katie Malone. In the butt, Bob. In the butt, Bob. In the butt, Bob. Fuck the Irish bitch in the butt, Bob. I'm being very immature, but I didn't like this movie. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about it now. Okay, so the first big main feature that I want to talk about this week is Kevin Smith's Red State. Now, we've all heard about it coming, that Kevin Smith, oh my god, he's finally making a horror movie, what's it going to be? And there was some controversy at Sundance and nobody picked it up, so he went on the road and did a tour. And I heard a lot of the press coming back was not so great. Well, it was really mixed. People either said, it's the best thing ever, or it was a big steaming piece of shit. Well, what am I going to think? Do you think I'm going to tell you right away? No, we got to listen to the trailer first. God, protocol, people. Jesus. What is this, man? It's like Craigslist for people who want to get fucked. I thought Craigslist was Craigslist for people who want to get fucked. We're getting late, boys. She wants all three of us at the same time. It's going to be like fucking my mom. This is what happens to parents block porn sites, man. They make socially backwards kids. Bet you boys want to get up to the devil's business, don't you? Get drinking, because I ain't drinking alone. And I don't let no man in me unless he's got at least two beers in. Yes, ma'am. Guys, is that, uh, is that you, Travis? Welcome, family. Good evening. Good evening, Grandpa. I hate the wickedness in America. Rampant fornication. Adultery, abortion, flagrant sexuality, everywhere. Hey, you, you fucking bitch, let me the fuck out of here! And it's up to the righteous to curb the spread of his disease. <laughs> you might take children out now. Gonna get grown up in here. Send the sinner straight to hell. Send the sinner straight to hell. God doesn't love you. Let's fear him. Oh, my God. 
Yes, sir. It's done here now, but we can be fully mobilized and on site in an hour. Come out with your hands up and you will not be harmed. Repeat, you will not be harmed. I think it's the use of the word repeat that makes this work every time. I never saw a hand of God so clearly in all my whole face. Alrighty, so the story of this starts off following these three high school dudes, and as you heard in the trailer, they they hunt down some, you know, sex site ad, you know, looking for for this woman who basically will do anyone and wants to do all three of them at the same time. And of course, their adolescent hormones are like gugung, 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 but not like dirty dancing. Gugung, gugung, gugung. It's different. Shut up. Pay attention. Anyway. They take off and they go to meet this woman and they get there and all of a sudden they're very hesitant because she lives in a trailer. And one guy's like, oh my God, she lives in a fucking trailer. And the other dude's like, dude, you live in a fucking trailer. And I was like, oh, snap. So they go in and she's, she's not exactly young. She's, she's, she's not exactly old either, but she looks like she's been weathered quite a bit. And uh, you just know this is bad. You just know this is bad because what's been going on in town there's been this rash of, of bodies being found in um, dumpsters and things like that of mostly gay young men who were who had disappeared and they show up, you know, murdered. And also, there's a Reverend Phelps-type religious group that are, you know, protesting funerals and things like that and, you know, being dicks. You know, they protest the funerals of the, of the, the veterans that are coming home from the war and they're protest, protesting the funerals of these young men who are turning up murdered. Now, cut back to the trailer. She's all like, all right, well, y'all getting here, but you know what? Drink up. I don't let anybody inside me until they've had a few beers in them. And she gives the beers and they drink up the beers and surprise, they're roofied. These kids go down like a light and when they wake up, they're either in cages or in some horrible, you know, Hit under this church or tied to a cross or whatever, but it's bad. It's bad because it turns out they've been kidnapped by these religious fundamentalists, the Reverend Phelps esque tribe of uh, maniacal Christians. And no surprise here, they're the ones who've been murdering these young gay men in town. Now, this first half of the movie is all about them trying to get out or not getting out at all. And you see, there's a lot of torture stuff that happens here, very hostile ish. You know, the torture is always superimposed over all this religious spouting and such. But then all of a sudden in the middle of the movie, it changes tone completely. It becomes a siege movie. John Goodman comes in. I think he's with the FBI. And, you know, he's supposed to take down this, investigating this church anyway, because rumor has it they've been buying massive amounts of illegal weapons. But they haven't got any proof, and they can't get in the compound, and yada, 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 yada. And all of a sudden, these kids go missing, and whatever happens, they... The car's traced there. And whatever. So now it's a siege with lots of shooting. And then the movie doesn't end. Well, the story at the compound doesn't end. It just literally stops. And then John Goodman tells us what happens. This is the problem with this movie. 
It's really, really, really talky. Now, I know Kevin Smith is always talky, but he was not dealing in the horror or thriller genre before. It's like, move it along. We get it. Uh, and I got kind of uncomfortable at, for a while there. When you're first hearing the preacher, whose name eludes me. Hold on just a second. Well, the character's name is Aben Cooper, and he's played by an actor named Michael Parks. And you get to hear his sermon to his family. It goes on forever. You get it really quickly. And I got to be uncomfortable because it was really a lot of gay bashing. It was that it was wallowing in it. Like, we got it. We get it. And I'm starting to wonder where the sympathy of the film lies. I guess that's part of the filmmaker's choice. But regardless, it got really long. I'm like, could something happen now? You know, we've heard this fundamentalist Bible-thumping brimstone-spewing nonsense on every channel, every news channel, for, you know, decades now. I don't really need to be wallowing in it again. Regardless of that, this guy's performance is amazing. Michael Parks is really disturbing. I'm sorry, that's not right. Yeah, Michael Parks is his name. He's extremely disturbing in this role, and that's one of the the strong points of it. Actually, throughout, across the boards, I have no problem with the acting. The, the John Goodman is also amazing in this as the FBI agent, and um, there's lots and lots of celebrity cameos as well. Lots and lots of celebrity cameos. This is the other problem that started to arise for me. After a while, about halfway in, it started to feel like a classed-up version of a uh, Rob Zombie movie. Just because the dialogue was just really base. Everything was fuck, 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 and not even used creatively, just excessively. And you might be looking at me right now, or listening to me right now, I should say, and thinking, Patrick, you've got quite a potty mouth. And yes, but I'm adorable when I swear. I'm hilarious when I swear. It just seemed like, as I said with Ron Zombie movies, somebody needed a thesaurus. And on top of that, this celebrities all over the place movie. And it felt like the Halloween remake, when it's like, oh, look, there's so-and-so, up oh, look, there's so-and-so, up oh, look, there's so-and-so, up oh, look, there's so-and-so. And then after a while, I'm just like, shut up. Okay, you seem to be relying on uh, recognizable faces rather than building any characters. But just a quick list of some of the people I recognize. Uh, Anna Gunn's in it from uh, Breaking Bad. Melissa Leo, who I love. Mark Blue, blah, blah, blah. Mark Lucas from Buffy. Still in the military here. Uh, Kevin Pollock is in it. Um, and a whole bunch of other people whose names I don't know, but as soon as I saw them, I'm like, oh, that guy. Oh, that lady. I know her. And it started to feel like a gimmick after a while. And actually, if you'll humor me for a moment, I just want to go back and talk about the gay stuff. Because is, this is a gay podcast, ladies. Now, I mentioned I got uncomfortable with the gay bashing material in the preacher's sermon. And he said, well, you know, you're supposed to be uncomfortable with it. I said, but what came before that reinforced it? Just because all the other gay aspects of the movie are played for laughs, sort of. For instance, the guys on the way to the trailer, uh, they get into a car accident. They hit a car that's parked on the side of the road. And, you know, they pull over and stop. And after they pull over and stop, you see that there's somebody sitting in the car. Uh, The sheriff, the town sheriff, is sitting in the car on the side of the road. And all of a sudden, poof, a guy's head pops out of his lap. Like, (gasps) with a look on his face like, don't. Like, you just got in a car accident? And the best face you can come up with is don't? And... I think the sheriff's penis might have been in a lot of difficulty. He looked very calm for getting into a car accident with his penis in somebody's mouth. And it just felt like, bum bum 
Something that you would have saw in Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back. Or something like that. And then everybody's stupid. They do stupid things. For instance, one of these kids, when he's trying to escape, he gets out of his cell. He gets a hold of a machine gun. He finds himself in the back of the, of the church while the preacher's still talking, torturing somebody, and all the congregation's there. And I'm thinking, open fire. Just open fire and instead he runs and therefore the movie doesn't end and you know okay you could say that th- that he's this movie's one bitch but uh, nah. and there's some really obvious symbolism that just kind of felt sledgehammery this the cross over this compound on the gate of the compound is it's your standard cross but it's got these little you know carrots not carrots like the vegetable but like the the the, the sign at certain points around the cross and if you connect them, they make a pentagram. A right-side-up pentagram, but it's still a pentagram. I got it. Really obvious. And it just seemed weird. It seemed out of sync with these really skilled actors and then like this hammy stuff to just move the plot along and tr- attempts to be deep. Well, the problem is, like I said, the movie is talking, and it, when the shift changes, the first half of the movie is pretty good. The problem is when the shift change happens, when it becomes a siege movie, it's not a very good siege movie. It's lots of people shooting... But it's not really clear what they're shooting at, and nobody seems to be hitting anybody for the longest time. I'm like, this is, everybody is the worst marksman in the world. It's like a G.I. Joe episode, or like the A-Team. Lots of guns fired, nobody gets hurt. At least for a while. But then, when the action of the um, siege of the compound is hitting a climax, which is actually pretty disturbing, just when it's about to resolve, or climax, I should say, the climax of the climax, well done, Patrick, it literally comes to a dead halt, and it com- cuts to John Goodman sitting in his superior's office telling them what happened. And then at the end, the message of the movie just seemed muddled, and because, oh, everybody's the bad guy, and um, good night, everybody. I didn't hate this movie. It didn't really r- ring a chord with me at all. I wanted to like it. I was sort of liking it, but just things kept getting in the way. If you're a Kevin Smith man... If you're a Kevin Smith fan, I'm sure you'll enjoy it because you're used to this sort of thing with him with the long stretches of dialogue and, and you know, uneven tone changes. But he made two movies in this and neither one of them were that great. So, Red State, you know if you want to see it, so go see it. I'm not going to tell you not to see it because I didn't hate it, like I said, but, you know, that's what I got to say. Timmy. I don't know why I said Timmy. I'm so weird. God. Have you been to Now, the final movie I'm going to talk about is an IFC release from 2010 called Undocumented. I just stumbled across this. I haven't heard anything about this. And it makes a nice counterpoint to Red State. Now, I'm going to try not to bore you with, you know, one of those college-level, you know, compare and contrast essay questions from your midterm exam. But seeing these two movies back-to-back, I could not, not notice the similarities and the differences. Anyway, Patrick, take off your professor cat. 
your professor cat. Take off your professor's cap and play the goddamn trailer and stop smoking crack. God damn. What is your full name? All right, we'll do this a hard way. What are you doing here? I'm sound. Speak up. Sound. Sound guy. I'm a director. Director of what? I already told you we're here shooting a documentary. About what? Illegal immigration. Are you a U.S. citizen? Come on, man, you have my passport. What is this? Look in my wallet, please. Check me through. Give me my wallet. Look, there should be a lot of cash. You want your wallet? There's your wallet. We're grad students making a thesis film. Nobody's gonna see it. That is peyote. It was in your backpack. No, that's not possible. Because I don't even own a backpack. Listen to me very carefully. Whatever you think this is, it's far worse. Ooh, well. Now I realize that trailer isn't particularly informative. That's what I thought when I saw it before I saw the movie. And I'm glad it's not particularly informative because this movie is really, really, really powerful stuff. Really brutal and tense and suspenseful and and very well made it's um sort of a found footage thing but before you go crazy it's not entirely um but as you heard it follows a group of grad students who are doing a documentary specifically on this specific group of mexicans that are trying to immigrate illegally into the united states uh what's their interest in this particular family well one of the um film students, he's now an American citizen, but it's his family that are coming over through these tunnels that run under the border. So they tag along, and the whole group is apprehended by what they think is the police, but it's not. It's not. What it is, is just a group of American patriots doing what they can to protect our borders for our country. This is where the similarities to red states start to come in, because in its own ways, it's both this they're both visions of American extremism. One is religious, one is patriotic. However, this is much, much, much more disturbing. I can't tell you too much about this plot because it will spoil the hell out of it. And there are some excellent, excellent, excellent thrills and surprises in here. First of all, what I want to say, it has its moments where it borders on torture porn. Or it looks like it's about to turn into torture porn, but it never does. Because they rally all of the, the people that they picked up into these slaughterhouses and... Um, well, they don't torture them, but they keep them there, and, and well, they do horrible things. Well, I guess some of them they torture, but you don't see a lot of it. You don't see really any of it, except for one scene where uh, a Mexican woman is strapped into a rack, you know, a medieval stretching rack, and her husband is forced to try to answer questions from the United States citizenship test, which he can't possibly pass because they're asking him in English, and he only speaks Spanish. So this whole thing is not going well at all. And they never show anything. You feel like you're seeing things. You hear the cracking and the pulling and it just is so tense and suspenseful. It doesn't need the gore. It never goes there in those situations. There's gore in plenty of other places, but never when it gets... It has the torture, but not the porn part. 
and it doesn't dwell on that for very long. So if you're afraid of torture porn, don't avoid this movie because it is great. One of the things I liked about it too is that I, uh, evidently this cast has worked a lot and they've done a lot of things, but I didn't recognize anybody, which always helps with these found footage type of films. And um, actually the other thing that worked with this was it didn't start at the beginning with, you know, this footage was found as blah, 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 blah. So you didn't know if the footage was found or if the footage was found at all or if it was here's our footage and we basically what I'm saying you don't know if the people get through or not but anyway I didn't recognize anybody in this movie the the sadists I will call them they are all wearing masks so you never see their faces however I started to realize I know that guy one of the guys is Noah Segan who has been in absolutely fucking everything I've reviewed ever on the show in the entire history of the entire world you know he was in Way back in the beginning, he was in All About Evil, he was in um, Chain Letter, he was in Dead Girl, he's in everything. And he's good. Now, these grad students, while they get captured with the, with the Mexicans uh, that are coming through the border, they're spared whatever nightmare they're going, yeah, everyone else is going through because the leader of this, Z, who only goes by the initial Z, or Zed, Woody, decides that he wants them to document what we're doing here. I want you to make a movie about us. So as long as we, you know, we're going to give you the tour and show you what goes on here, and you're going to spread the word to other patriots around the country. So you get a bird's eye view of the nightmare that this whole situation is. And here's where the big difference is between Red State and this. In Red State, the religious fundamentalists were all fucking crazy. The guy who ran the place wasn't. He's a genius. Everybody else had the same kind of vapid, zombie-like, I don't mean like blue flesh eating zombie, but zombified, brain dead, you know, look of rapture. They're, just, oh, they're, they're all the same kind of crazy. We're all crazy. We love Jesus and we're crazy. Whereas these people are really, really sane. Yet they're doing horrible, horrible things, which makes them that much more dangerous and unpredictable than crazy people. As a matter of fact, when they start doing their rants, especially Zed and some of the other ones, like the, the younger guys who are actually quite charming and seem to be very nice. There's... <laughs> They're not spouting madness. They're not raving wildly. They're not... This is, this is a little nugget of something that makes sense underneath it, or at least, you know, an arguable point. But it's just so mutated and so taken to an extreme. It seems... I mean, this is going on. Maybe not to this extent, but look at New Mexico. People have gone crazy over this whole Mexican immigration thing. And it's frightening. And I could see this happening because, as the title of the movie says, these Mexican immigrants, illegal immigrants, are undocumented. Nobody knows they're coming. Nobody knows they left. So nobody knows they're here. So basically, you have a stable full of people that you could do whatever the fuck you want to. That in that area of the world are not even second-class citizens. They're not even people. And that's really scary because these sadists who are doing this are doing it in a rational, calm manner. Not like the religious zealots that are, you know, in from Red State who are, you know, pounding their chests and you know, screaming to Jesus and, and speaking in tongues and shit. Nope, this is all very rational. Let's do it for our country. Our country wants us to. How can you argue with that? Yee, scary shit. And the lean guy who plays Zed or Z, whatever you want to call him, he never takes his mask off, mask off, yet he gives this 
you feel like he does because even through the mask, he's emoting through it and you can feel expression coming through this completely black mask and it's really astounding and alarming. Now, I don't know what's going on with this movie. I had a friend who showed it to me, but it says it's 2010 and as far as I can see, it's not been released anywhere. This movie does not seem to be available on DVD yet. I got it off of pay-per-view and it, I'm just afraid it's going to be another one of these IFC movies that just get lost because one of my favorite movies that they covered, Home Movies, Never really got a release. It finally eked its way onto um, DVD years after I was raving about it and trying to get people to watch it, and they couldn't. And I'm afraid this is going to be the same way, because this is a tight little movie. Even Mr. Brad, who hates this kind of suspenseful, you know, unrelenting suspense sort of thing, got sucked into it. There's one thing I want to tell you. There's a shot in here that will give you nightmares, and me telling you about it is not going to spoil it. There's a scene where they're trying to sneak out they're using the uh, um, night vision on the, to find their way through the maze of this compound. And at some point, somebody makes a noise. and like, oh, 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 no. Oh, no, we made a noise. And the person who comes is one of their maids, Marta. They keep some of the Mexican women, the, the pretty ones. They dress them up in, you know, t- traditional maids' outfits and make them work for them. And I'm sure they do more than just clean. But the lead one is Marta. And it appears that Marta has risen through the ranks and is now essentially one of them. And you see Marta appear just in silhouette, in the doorway. And she's got this 40s gown, you know, 40s style dress on, so it's that kind of silhouette and the 40s hair and the snood, if you know what that is. And she's standing there forever, and you're like, oh my God, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? What's she going to do? Whose side is she going to be on? And she just keeps coming closer and closer, and it's just the silhouette closer and closer. And you can just like, I'm not breathing for the characters. This like, <laughs> Now, of course, they're hiding in a room where all the Mexicans are chained up. The Mexican men are chained up. And so I guess Marta assumes that it was the, the men who were causing a commotion. And all she does is she leans into the camera and she goes, shh. She puts her finger to her lips and goes, shh. However, the shot is terrifying because it's still in night vision and she's all in silhouette. And just as she leans in, her face becomes to, starts to come into view And the night vision is giving it some really severe angles. Like really witchy, scary angles. And already it's scary, but when she puts her finger to her lips and really leans in and goes, shh, the second she starts to go, shh, is when her eyes do that night vision thing where it's reflecting. And then she slowly retreats. And me and Mr. Brown were holding each other like, Marta's bad, we don't like Marta. Make her go away. Well, it was mostly Mr. Brown. Shut up. Anyway, Keep an eye out for this one. I highly, highly recommend this. Doesn't it, isn't it annoying that I keep recommending things that are not available? Well, you know what? I'm trying to help you guys out. I'm trying to find these little gems that are going to get overlooked and slip through the cracks. And maybe you can help them from slipping through the, fra- the cracks. It is listed over on Netflix, but it's only in the save category. So maybe if you click on save, they'll finally get a copy of the DVD for you to see. Or if you have to, I'm Maura Campbell, check it out on, on, um, on pay-per-view because I said so. Because it's cool. And uh, to go out on this one, to keep the patriotic theme going, I'm going to plug myself right in front of all of you. Let me get ready. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to play when I sang the national anthem with the Manhattan Gay Men's Chorus at Madison Square Garden. All rise. Not like that, you pigs. Just stand up is what I'm saying. Ew. God.
Patrick. Hey, baby. Um, I'm not going to spend much time on Dream House, except to say that what a piece of shit. That's, <laughs> what else that's why saying? I hate big you know studios doing big, big budget horror movies. They're watered down. They're boring. It's neither feast nor foul. It's not really a good psychological thriller. It's not really a good horror movie. It's just blah. It's a Lifetime movies a week with a couple of name actors in it. And uh-huh. that's all I'm going to say about it. That's all I said about um, it. On the Troll Hunter. I don't want you going all la 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 over me, so I'm not going to give any plot points away. Don't you fucking make me. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I heard a lot about it before I saw it. I heard a lot of really good reviews, and I was really amped up to see it. And maybe that's why I was just a little bit let down by it. It's oh, not a bad see. movie. It just wasn't the end-all, be-all that I heard it was. Um, Never believe that. My complaint with it was I thought it was really wrong. It just it had a lot of filler, a lot of people talking, and it didn't add anything to the story, the characters. Just a lot of dead space. It had a lot of really good scenes in it, but there was a whole lot of nothing between the really good scenes. Now, I can't see myself watching this movie again. I can see myself maybe watching certain scenes again, there's a movie I didn't like it Like porn. Um, Just go to the I good like part. I like the design of the trolls. And without saying anything, I did some research, and when I found out why they designed the trolls the way they did, I thought it was pretty cool. I like the whole premise. And that, the one thing I really liked a lot was the character of the troll hunter, and that's all. I'm, he was just a really good character when they got into his motivations and a little bit of his backstory. I liked it, and I wish they spent more time with him, and that, I felt a little disappointed. I hmm. really wanted to get more into this character's head, and they really didn't... <laughs> <laughs> do as much with them as they could have. Um, I had a dirty thought. So, Troll Hunter, not a bad movie, but okay. I just was a little bit disappointed by it. That's your um, own fault. Also, last weekend I saw Tucker and Dell versus Evil. Yay! And I really liked it. I mean, it's, fun. it's a one-joke premise. Yeah, but, but it kind of just stretch it for almost an hour and a half. Um, it loses a little bit of steam towards the end. I agree. But really, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's about two hillbillies who are nice, you know, nice, um, kind-hearted um, guys. They go out on a camping trip. And they run across my college banjo. students into a series of sort of wacky misadventures. Did I not review this on the show? convinced that Tucker and Dale are a bunch of hillbilly killers who are slaughtering them off one by one. You're zombarding now. wrong turn, cross with Reese Company. And it was good. I mean... Considering it was only had one joke to tell, they did it really well. It was, it was a good joke. It was phenomenally gory, really over the top. It had kind of a sweetness to it. Um, mm-hmm. So I liked it. And and one thing that, I, that was really good was that it was only playing in Houston for one weekend only at one theater twice. No. Just two yeah. night shows, no, and that was it. Problem. There was no promotion, nothing for it. And so when I saw it Saturday night, the theater was packed. It was full of people who only knew about it because they were horror fans and they wanted to be there. Yeah. So it was a no, crowded theater, really responding well to the movie, and no one talked at all. No one, you know, opened their their cell phone or iPhone and started texting away. It was nice to see a movie in a theater full of an audience that wasn't a bunch of dickheads. So Classy. that was great. Classy. Um And Zombart said something that made me think of something I saw recently. He talked about um, Juwan... White Ghost, Black Ghost. Yes. Which I thought I liked. I mean, if you like Juwan, you like, you'll like this one. If you don't like it, or Juwan, Juwan, it's not going to win you over. But Iron is something called Tales of Terror, Tales of Terror from Tokyo. And all I knew about it was that it was a bunch of, it was like a TV show or something that had different directors doing short stories. So it was okay. basically an anthology. I love those. So I popped it in, thinking, okay, anthology, just a couple of short stories. I didn't realize that these were short stories. Each segment was four to five minutes long, five minutes at the most. Uh-huh. 
So it was actually kind of cool. Like it was like little haikus of movies, or it wasn't <laughs> even a movie. Each one was just a scene. Then they weren't connected. It was just a short four or five minute scene done over on the next one. And I liked that. It was cool. I mean, it went by really quick. It was like like little bite sized candies of of fun, and mm, it was good. I, you know, if you like J horror, Japanese horror, it's definitely they have a different approach to the scares. So yes, I liked it a lot. So. so if you like Juan or Japanese horror movies, just tells a tale from Tokyo. I, I liked it. Okay. Um, that's about it. I'm reaching my five minutes. Don't want to get buzzed off. Yeah, so you I are, girl. See you later. Take care, Patrick. Bye. Bye. Uh, Trey, thank you so much for calling in. You know how I always enjoy it. I always appreciate your input. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for not spoiling Troll Hunter. I do appreciate that very much because I have been slacking. I have not gotten to see it yet. But life's been busy over here. So much going on. So much catching up to do after the whole funeral circuit thing. Circuit. Like it's a circuit party. What the hell am I talking about? Anyway, um, you know I'm going to yell at you. I just yelled at Zombard about this. If you go into any movie with your expect or book or play or I don't know, go see a diorama in an art class sometime, and your your expectations are set too high, it's your own damn fault if you don't enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm so angry. I'm leaving out syllables, but I'm glad you sort of enjoyed it. And um, I'm looking forward to checking uh, looking forward to checking it out. I was trying to say Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I'm glad this is finally doing something that has sat on the shelf for so goddamn long, and it's such a good movie. I had seen it at Horror Hound, and I'm pretty sure I did at least somewhat of a discussion with it with Zombart and uh, his friend Eudora Sprinkles. But maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just hallucinated the whole thing. Maybe you just haven't been paying attention. Meh. Although I agree with everything you said. Um, it's one great joke. It does wear thin at the end. But still, what I liked about it is that the possibility of sequels that have nothing to do with the horror genre. Like, you could take Tucker and Dale and put them into all kinds of crazy situations. Like, you know, almost like Ernest goes to camp, but in a good way. You know, you could drop them off in a war movie. You could drop them off at, in, a, in a musical or something. And it would, it would be funny to see how these two hillbillies adapt to whatever situation they're in. The thing I got upset about was that you know, it, it played here, too, for two nights in one theater, and that's great and everything, and it's great that the fans got to see it, but it's really disappointing that a movie this good could not get any distribution from anybody. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And meanwhile, shit, like, Creature gets a mainstream release. Fuck them. Fuck everybody. Not you. Well, I could, well maybe fuck you, but never mind. Ew, ew, ew. We went to Bad Place. Bad Place, Bad Place. Moving on. Hi, Patrick. It's Kristen. Hello, um, Kristen. I'm just calling to tell you how great it was to see you in Toledo. I know yes. I should have called before for the last show, but I never got around to it. Oh, that's okay. I'm a poo-poo head. But, um, I'm glad you admitted really it. I didn't watch anything was calling in for, so I didn't want to just call and talk about nothing. It, but, what? um, I have watched a couple of things uh, since then. Uh, I got to watch Troll Hunter, which uh -huh. I won't say anything about other than uh, it was really good. Okay. And it has subtitles. So if you don't like subtitles, you will like it. But it was really good. And uh, we finally got around to seeing season five of Dexter, which was really exciting because it season six just started. Yes. It was it was really good. It again eh. they knocked it out of the park. Um you could tell that they did have a different lead writer. Yes. That very season, much so. But 
he did good. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It had a slightly different feel to it, but it worked well, and I had no complaints. Other I than, did. um, didn't uh, Julia Stiles' character had to grow on me? Ugh. But that was um, my problem. Towards the end of the season, she really did kind of grow on me. So, um, I forgave her her faults from earlier. All right, You're, it's bigger view. But anyway, um, that was really about it. Oh, and um, you never did say how your uh, singathon went. Oh, okay. With your with your choir. You never said if you guys raised a lot of money or anything like that, and I haven't seen anything on Facebook or if it was up there, I missed it. Yeah. But uh, um, I would like to know if you guys did good. I hope so. And uh, that's it. I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, Kristen, you caught me with my pants down. Well, well, actually, literally and figuratively, because um, the singathon. Yeah, I went, and it was fine. It was a rainy day, which wasn't the best, but um, I didn't, I couldn't stay for the whole four hours, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I posted when I did my number on Facebook and everything, but that was the week of the funeral, and when I was there, everything just felt wrong, and I was really uncomfortable and really anxious and getting really depressed, so Mr. Brad took me home. Uh, we did meet our goal, which was great. We didn't exceed our goal, but we met it. So that's a good thing. So yay. And thank you so much for donating, Kristen. That was very cool of you. And it's another vote for Troll Hunter. I guess I just got to, you know, get on the Norwegian bus to... to I got nothing. Forget it. Um, you said you saw something else, and I didn't write it down. Did you say you saw something else? You know what? You call in and tell me that you haven't seen... Oh, Dexter! Dexter! Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, I hated Julia Stiles. It's just like, I, I wanted her. I, like, she lost me. I liked her at first, and then the longer she was around, the more I was just like, shut up. Why are you always this loud? Didn't like her. Then she got what she wanted, and I'm like, uh... And then she's like, she got what she wanted, and then she's like, uh... Okay, uh... Yeah, I'm not into this anymore. Bye. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. I have only seen the first season of season six so far. It's a little Jesus-y. For my taste. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It just seems a little heavy-handedly religious. I, 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 okay, just in the first episode alone, it just really hammered that home that, you know, religious uh, Dexter is on a soul-searching mission. And it, 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 I don't know, it just was a little heavy-handed. I don't mind that as a concept, but just don't hit me in the face with it that fucking hard. That's what she said, or he said. Well, never mind. Somebody said it. Okay, I see you called again, Kristen, so I'll talk to you in about three seconds. One, two, three. Hi, it's Kristen again. I um, know. I just wanted, I forgot to ask about your ceiling. Uh, I hope it's been fixed, or at least it's not leaking black ooze anymore. Well, one um, of the two. Because that's just nasty. Yeah, it is nasty. And you don't want them to throw, like, a tarp over your building and end up in <laughs> quarantine movie. And also, um, hi, if Mr. Only. Brad. I didn't want to forget him, because it was awesome meeting him also. Anyway, that's it. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for asking about the condition of our ceiling. That's very sweet of you. Um, well, it hasn't been leaking anymore, but we still have... We don't have the anus on it from the ceiling or boobs or any other body parts. It's just all fucked up and cracked now. It looks like Kim Cattrall when she doesn't have makeup on. Oh, snap. Yes, I did. Yes, and Mr. Brad had a great time meeting you, too, as well, because, uh, you know, when, like I said, we got stuck another night on the road, and... No, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, maybe if we hadn't stopped for lunch for so long, we wouldn't have been stuck like this. And he said when we got there, he's like, you know what? 
even though we stopped, I'm really glad we had lunch and met those dudes. And I'm like, and, and dude S's. And I concurred. And now I have to yell at you because I started to when during your last call and then I got distracted. You know, like I do with shiny things or big bulbous things, but that's not the point right now. Shut up. You called in and just told me you had nothing to watch. Really? I beg to differ, Miss Thing. Because if I'm not mistaken, you were the winner of a certain contest in which Tom Mann was labeled a douche canoe for all of time. And I sent you my own personal copy of Peach's Christ's Masterpiece All About Evil. And you promised to call in and talk about it and spread the good news. And you haven't done that! This is why I'm not nice to people! Had I known you weren't going to watch the movie, I would have snuck a pube in your sandwich of Panera Bread. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. You just think about that, Missy. Next time you get a tickle at the back of your throat, that might be me. I'm vile. I'm vile, and now I'm angry. No, seriously, I go out of my way to send you guys great gifts, interesting movies to watch, and as prizes. You know, I pay the post to just send you these things. And do you ever call in and talk about them? No, I'm looking at you, Drusilla Bloom. Yeah, that's right. You quake in your... Whatever the hell you're wearing. Anyway, I'm so... You know what? Fuck you guys. Fuck all y'all. I'm done with all y'all. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> See, I'm not talking. Which means only one thing. La, 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 la. Time to wrap this puppy up for another week. Okay, I forgive you all. So thank you all for tuning in and hanging out with me for the past hour or so. And, uh, hey, if you want to be like these people who called in, you can reach me at 347-767-3509, or you can write me an email at crew at screamqueens.com, and that's queens with a what? With a Z! And you can like me on Facebook, you can follow me on Twitter, and you can vote for me for the best gay and lesbian, bisexual, or transsexual podcast at the People's Choice podcast awards do it now you've got you can vote every day between now and thursday october 27th at 11 30 p.m eastern standard time do not vote more than once a day because it won't count then and i will kick your ass but head on over to www.podcastawards.com or follow the link on my webpage www.screamqueens.com that's queens with a z and vote 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 okay you got the idea so what's coming up in the future? Well, Halloween's coming up. La 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 Silver Shamrock. Okay, I'll stop doing that now. So I've got a Halloween extravaganza coming up or spectacular, whatever the fuck I called it last year. I don't remember. I make up so many stupid words. And we're gonna be looking at a lot of the New York haunted houses like we did last year. We got three lined up so far. And uh oh, Last week, I went to that blackout haunted house. Remember the Vortex haunted house that I went to last year where I got dry humped? And there were naked people that were putting their business on my shoes and everything. Well, I went back. And I took some video of me outside going in and hopefully getting some interviews. And I'm having the same video problems that I'm having with the other things. So I just suck, suckity suck, 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 suck. But if you're in the New York area and you have not gone to the Blackout Haunted House yet, head on over to blackoutnyc.com and get your fucking tickets. They are selling out like crazy. 
and I want to hear your stories. And you know what? I want to hear all of your stories in general. If you've been to a haunted house recently that you loved or that you hated, or, or what was your best haunted house experience? I want to know. And Paranormal Activity Paranormal Activity 3 is coming out as well, so I'll probably be talking about that at some point. Gosh, there's so much to talk about. What am I going to do? Oh, that's right, and I've been working on the first episode of Drama Queens. I know most of you are like, oh, great. But you know what? You don't have to listen if you don't want to, but you know you want to listen. You know what? Didn't I end the show like 10 minutes ago? Okay, so until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place, and remember, as my grandmama used to say, You know, boy, autumn is my favorite time of the year when the leaves are falling and the air is cold and crisp, crisper than Mary Ingalls' baby. You know, on the little house of the prairie when the blind school burnt down and the baby got burnt up and everybody was crying? (laughs) That was some funny shit. Bye! Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches!